Hi, this is Paul Friedman from the Marriage Foundation, and today's marriage show is all about lying spouses. Oh my God. And my co host, David Cruz, is standing by. So, David, what do you think about this cherry topic? Lying spouses. Paul, I, I, um, I don't have much experience with that now, so uh, I'm going to have to... <laughs> Lucky man. I'm going to have to... I just want to say, obviously, I, I love these things because I always, I'm always so interested to see where you go with it and, and where it takes us. So I'm excited, to, uh, I'm excited to talk about the topic. Let's go. Well, you know, actually, if you think about it, the topic is a topic that is underneath many of the topics that people send in to us at the Marriage Foundation. Where does lying really start? That's a deep question. I love it when you ask me these deep questions because you know I I have dug into this stuff and and you know some people think that I'm philosophical, but I'm not. I'm very pragmatic. For those of you who are wondering what I mean by pragmatic when you talk to a psychologist, they're not pragmatic. You know, they want to talk about it. But I want to know why, just like you do, David. So why do people lie? Where does it start? It's, yeah. it's interesting. It, it starts with your body. Okay. Okay. Your body is comprised of trillions of cells working together, right? Mm -hmm. What do we know about life? We know, and all of us learned this in school, that every single living cell is endowed with the drive for self-preservation or the drive to survive. Every single living cell. Right. And so what happens is when you start putting them together in a community, they start behaving with each other for the same purpose, survival. survival. And sometimes they'll sacrifice some cells for the sake of others. A plant will sacrifice certain leaves for the sake of the whole plant. And it's an evolutionary thing. Animals who are caught in a trap, like a raccoon, will chew off its own leg in order to survive, right? We know that. And we're always amazed by it, but that's what it's all about. Living things are driven to survive. So here you have these trillions of cells that comprise of your body, and we're very complex. We're not like animals. We're very different from animals because we have a consciousness that is far above an animal's. And so the message is coming from this collective called your body to the mind saying, survive, protect us. If you spot any danger, protect us. Well, we know about fight or flight. And lying is sort of in between the two. And so that's what happens. The mind comes up with a fix because it's being threatened. It perceives a threat. And so people lie. So, But, but your, your cells really, your cells aren't thinking. They're just reacting. And yeah. That's so right. Where does that come in where you're, 
you're feeling danger because of your wife asks you something. You feel that it's the best, either the best route you're going to take is to lie about it. Because if you don't, if you tell the truth, it can cause an issue for you. So you lie. It's just easier to lie. So, so, so there you go. There you go. There's danger. That's danger. Okay. If your wife finds out the truth, you're in trouble. There's the danger. There's the danger. And so the mind calculates and it comes up with a lie, which your wife, you're only talking about men now, but it works in both directions, which your wife, because she's a higher consciousness than an animal, intuits that it's a lie. She knows that she's being deceived. And in most cases, because what the husband or the wife is doing poses a threat. So then the mind lies to her. So are we trained to, are we trained to do her? this? Does this come naturally, Paul? Does it something, something that starts when we're kids? Because I certainly know that kids lie. Um, having, having had them and but, being one, it's just it's pretty natural to lie about things. So we're... So it depends on what you mean by training. You know, if if you touch a stove when it's hot, when you're a little kid, you just got trained, right? right? Yeah. Okay. So what happens is, and, you know, this could get into a much longer discussion about reincarnation and all that, but let's leave that out. And let's just say that if you were literally monitoring your mind, if you were on top of it, you would not lie, but instead you would apply discrimination and you would take a look at the behavior that you did and decide that behavior wasn't cool. Now, I can't allow my mind to lie because it's a slippery slope and it's going to cause so much drama that it's going to overwhelm both of us. But I am going to maybe evade this, and then I'm going to change my behavior. So that would be the intelligent, positive, looking out for the future thing. Don't you think some people lie, Paul, just because they think it's easier, that this is going to be the easier route? If if I just lie, if I just lie about it, it's... Uh, it's all. It just goes away, and I don't have to face anything because of it. Yeah, but I don't think they're thinking it through. I don't think they're thinking it through either with lying, because it typically it does come back to haunt you. But um, and it just it just doesn't help in your relationship at all if you're a liar. So no, obviously not. So the Marriage Foundation offers all of these tools for people. And our strongest tools are the marriage courses, one for men and one for women. And they're very powerful. And many thousands of people have used them successfully. And we begin in this course for both genders with the mind. And when I taught my very first batch of psychologists, our system, the very first thing that I taught them was how the mind works, which you may think is bizarre. Here, these people, I I mean, we had doctors, we had PhDs in, in that first class. 
And they were so attentive. And I I was shocked. I thought, okay, I'll go through the mind, and they're going to go, yeah, we know all Mm -hmm. that. Not one of them knew anything. I know they're not taught that. No, they were weaned on this Freudian and Jungian BS, thinking about things that are abstract at best and lies at worst, like the ego, the id, the alter ego, the super ego, and none of it fits into the context of usability. And here I am laying out exactly how the mind works And literally their jaws were hanging down because they were learning things that is so obviously true and they didn't know it. And they were frankly embarrassed by it. Let's just think about what happens if you go see a psychologist, Paul, with issues. Where do they go? I know. Where do they go? What's the first first meeting about? What's the the fifth meeting about? Right. yeah, right. it's, all, it's like tell me about what tell me about your childhood. Tell me about uh, yes. what it was like growing up. Um, they focus on everything else but your own mind. Yes, and and you know it's ironic because what they're doing. I mean, think about this now. Imagine that you go into a courtroom. You're facing a judge, right? This is authority, and he likes you. He decides that he wants to give you a break. Can't you imagine that he's going to go, so when you saw that car sitting there, the keys were in the ignition, right? Maybe you made a mistake and thought that car was yours. Mm -hmm. And this is what the psychologists do. They go, so what was your childhood like? And, And you sense someone's on my side because these psychologists are taught how to connect with you because they want you to be long-term yeah, you're, the, you're the victim, and tell me how terrible things were for you growing up. Right. And so naturally, it's like a little kid. A little kid says, well, it wasn't my fault. Right. The mind will always come up with an excuse for your behavior. It's the job of the mind driven by the drive to survive self-preservation, to find a way out of danger, the shortest way, whether it's the right way or the wrong way, the shortest way. I, I, I don't, and, and I don't and think st- you're saying here, Paul, that, that there's different levels of difficulty in, in your childhood. I don't think you're saying that at all. Not at all. Because, because at so, all. So, what some, I'm some saying, do, you know, on a scale of one being good growing up and 10 being as difficult as can be, there's a, there's a lot of people who have seven, eight, nine, tens that have very difficult childhoods. Yeah. And, and some of them are really yeah. rough. And, and you know what? I feel terribly for those people, and we should. And here's where the rubber hits the road. You have free will. You have the power of your will and volition to do the right thing right now for right now and for the future. 
So if you want to go back to the past and say, no, I cannot because I was abused, who are you lying to? You're lying to yourself and you're not doing yourself any favors. And you're not going where you are. You know, I've now talked to you enough, Paul, to know that they're not going to the place that can help them with their situation. So no matter so no matter right. how terrible it was growing up, if you if you don't if, seriously if you don't use your techniques, you're not going to overcome it. I mean, you you, you can sit That's there right. with the with the Western psychologist for. 20 meetings a month for years, and you still won't get there if you don't learn how to control your mind. Right. That's number one. Now, what do you do if you have a lying spouse? What do you do? Because there are things that you can do. And what I'm going to share with you is going to seem, you know, this guy, he's, he's in the clouds. And I'm telling you right now, I am not in the clouds. And if I am in the clouds, you want to join me. (laughs) So, (laughs) because the clouds are fun. The clouds are filled with joy and happiness. Okay. All right. So here's what you do. And you're not going to be able to do this just by hearing it. But at least you're going to know what you got to do. You married your spouse in order to experience marital love, which is never discussed, but what that means is unconditional love, which means you love them with all of your heart, mind, and soul, period. So if they are bank robbers, you love them anyway. Now, I'm not saying don't do practical things, and we'll talk about some practical things you can do as well but you love them regardless of their misbehaviors, regardless of their psychological flaws, their idiosyncrasies, their bad habits. None of those matter. You rise above all of that mundane crap and you love them. You love them. In practice, what that means is that you seek to understand why they felt the need to lie and you don't trigger it. You don't make it worse. You don't call them out on it. You don't confront them about it. You deal with what you have to deal with, but you allow them the space to figure out on their own whether they're going to or not and you love them, and you exude that love to the best of your ability, and you keep pushing your own envelope. And I promise you this, if you do that, they will feel safe and secure, and over time, they will be able to evolve without pressure. On the other hand, I'm going to pretend I'm a psychologist and they say, well, you look for the right moment and da, 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 da. If you do that, you are not their spouse. You are their judge. You are trying to be their teacher. 
That's not your role. So you do not do those things that will create a juxtaposition between you. You rise above it and you work on the bridge of love as that which connects you. Their lies will rarely destroy a marriage. Rarely. They are usually there because they are feeling on some level threatened. You're not the threatener. I'm not saying that you're the one who's threatening them. But they know when they've done wrong. So they feel guilty, which is a threat. And they're looking for a way out. And they haven't figured out yet that lying is not the way out. And almost guaranteed, the person who's with the liar also lies. Almost guaranteed. It, it seems so contrary to what we're taught, Paul. I mean, if, if we're not really taught about how to behave in a marriage and how to relate to the other person. But I certainly get the the sense that, at least I got the sense growing up, that the that the way to go was get it out of your system. So if you have, if you feel like your your spouse is lying to you about something that's bothering you, don't let it stay inside you because if you let it stay inside you, it's just going to build up and build up and eventually it's all, you're going to explode. So get, so get <laughs> yes. it, get it out. I, don't go to sleep. Don't go to sleep angry. Don't go to sleep bothered. So I think if you know your spouse is lying to you, that it's going to bother you. So it, 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 it doesn't have to but bother you're taking you. A, you're taking a very different approach on how to react to someone who's, you know is lying. Yes. So, and I'm going to reiterate. So, uh, you know, you, you have kids. I have kids. Most of the people who are listening have kids. And, and I could remember um, my son, Joey, so many years ago. You know what a tell is. In, in playing cards, it's, it's somebody it's uh, reveals that they are bluffing. Mm-hmm with their tell, T-E-L-L. And Joey, when he was a little kid, one day he took a cookie out of the cookie jar. And my wife said, Joey, did you take this cookie? And his jaw dropped. And that was his tell. But his head shook no. (laughs) And my wife and I just looked at each other and we cracked up. Did we bust him? Mm -hmm. No. Well, for one thing, it wouldn't be good been very effective because we were cracking up, but also because they don't learn when they're busted. When you bust somebody, they retreat further into the shelter of their lies, deceit, or whatever it is that they think subconsciously that they think is working for them. I I think they probably think I just have to lie better the next time. Yeah. It's a subconscious thought, by the way. It's not like I need to lie better. It's more of the mind on autopilot taking charge over their life. And, and you know, you we were talking about kids, and the truth is, and, and this is very good for parents, parents think 
some parents think that if they reason with their children, their children will get it because it's pure logic. And if I just explain this right, they're going to want to do the right thing. Other parents think, if I just nail the crap out of this kid, swat him, stick him in his room, take away his Game Boy or whatever the current thing is, if I punish him enough or her enough, they'll come around. Neither of those actually work. And the reason why they don't work is because nobody can be changed by somebody else. Nobody changes until they see that their particular trait that they want to change is is doing them more harm than good. Then they'll change. Or they'll struggle to change and give up because the habit is so deeply embedded that they just say, heck with it. This is who I am, which is wrong thinking, but that's what happens. Okay, so take it to the next step, Paul. Take it, take it to the other side. Let's say you realize that you're the person that easily goes into the lie mode as opposed to just Good. telling the truth when, you, when someone asks you. Good. How do you, how do you help so, yourself? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm I'm going I'm, I'm going to do a uh I'm I'm going to do a real open I'm going to share my own experience. There we with go. This. So this goes back many years. This is even before I got into helping marriages. This goes back to the 80s. And I was a liar. And I was pretty good at it. Or at least I thought so. But I'd had enough, and I decided that I don't want to lie anymore. I decided I've had enough of this. It's a habit now. I'm lying without any good reason. It's just automatic. And by the way, what I discovered for myself, I brought over to the Marriage Foundation. So what happened was I thought it through, and I'm very strong-willed. And I can be very convincing to myself about when a lie is necessary. And so I decided the one thing that'll really hurt, I knew I couldn't just stop lying. I had already tried. So knowing myself, I, at that time, hated to be humiliated. Now I don't mind. In fact, I love it because it exposes my flaws to me, and I like working on my flaws. But at that time, very high ego. So what I did is I committed to myself that the next time that I lie, I will tell the person that I just lied to, sir or madam, I just lied to you, and I'm sorry. So... At the time, I was in a business meeting on the phone, and I lied. And I started to sweat bullets because I knew what I had to do. And I said, I was talking to a guy named Larry, and I said, Larry, I just lied to you. I'm really sorry. 
dead silence on the phone. And I'm sweating. I'm in a pool of my sweat. And the next time he spoke was as if I didn't say anything at all. But the impact it had on me was so dramatic <laughs> that it was, I knew how to discipline myself. And now at the Marriage Foundation, it's one of our techniques. We call it a workaround. When your habit is so deeply embedded that you cannot just reverse it at will, your willpower isn't strong enough, so you create your own workaround. Nobody can create it for you because nobody knows you as well as you know you. And it worked. And in that one instance, I was 80% there towards becoming a truth teller. 80%. Bam, just like that. So how does how does the how does did we get no, no, topic how does the regular no you <laughs> how does the regular person get there Paul how do they cuz what you're talking about you you've described how you got there by telling the truth and how you felt good about that but this is a you know lying starts pretty young and it's a habit Yes it's a deep habit. seated habit So how does that habit so that habit can grow and grow and grow, especially if it's unchecked. How do you get, how do, do you, how do you make that turn? How do you, how does one then say, you know, I, I, I can't be, can't tell the truth 90% of the time and lie 10% because it's not working. How do I, how do I get rid of that other 10% or whatever percent is lying? So the the first thing is to recognize that you're in charge of your mind. There you go. And every habit that you have in your mind is there because you allowed it to be there or you intentionally put it there. So you can't get out of this. First, you got to recognize, I can't get out of this. This is mine to deal with. And if I don't deal with it, it's going to grow and it's going to swallow me. So I have no choice but to deal with it. So the mind, as complex as it is, is understandable. So in our course for women and in our course for men, I give a thorough explanation of mechanically how the mind works. And it's imperative for the person who's taking the course to not just watch these classes, but to take notes, rewatch them over and over and over and over until they can themselves explain how the mind works. Then, along with that education, are the instructions, the guidance to constantly watch your thoughts. Watch your inner reactions, watch your feelings and take charge over. So you're saying this is something that can be learned, Paul. This is something, I'm not saying that it can be learned. I'm saying that if you truly want to have the free will that you brag that you have, you have no choice but to do it or to even get along in society or to progress as a human being, you have no choice 
but to control your mind. Otherwise, you're in a runaway car. And all of us are, or like in my case, or the case where people have taken the course, were. You know, years ago, I saw this video where a kid, a wealthy kid, is handed the keys to a high-performance sports car. His proud father, that he gave his son this wonderful car, is recording his kid. Get in the car, big smile, turn it on. You hear this engine, so much power. He hits the gas, and probably in 75 yards, he wraps the car around the tree, and it looks like it explodes. He didn't know how to drive the car. And so it was literally dangerous. We get married without knowing how to be married. It's literally dangerous. We have a mind that we're riding around with that we don't control. It's literally dangerous. And no one is teaching this. It's not their fault. They don't know. But no one is teaching about controlling the mind. People are taught that they should accept their anger. As you were saying before, you got to let it out or you'll explode. Well, I don't see people exploding on the street. No one explodes. (laughs) No one explodes. And... We have to learn how to control the mind if we want to have a successful marriage. It is simply a reality, just as it's a reality that if you want to get somewhere in your car, you better learn how to drive it. If you want to get the benefits of marriage, which are definite benefits that everyone should expect, which is feeling real love and real happiness— you got to know how to get there. So just control. It's not just. Go ahead. It's not just. It's not just going to happen by itself. Marriage is not a ride at Disneyland. Well, that that was what I was just going to bring up, Paul. That it is not a ride at the Disneyland, and controlling your mind doesn't seem to be like a ride at Disneyland either. It seems to me that if you want to control your mind, you want to stop lying to your spouse. It requires some willpower on your part. You have it. The, the people who have a hard time controlling their mind. Look, in the beginning, it's really hard. It's hard because you haven't done it before. Going fishing is hard the first time. If you've never threaded a worm on a hook and cast it out, you're probably going to hook your shoe Something so easy as fishing is hard. So you do have to learn how to do it, and then you have to practice it. But then it's not so hard. It becomes a habit. Controlling your mind, watching your thoughts, watching your inner reactions becomes a habit. Interesting. And then it's not so hard. Interestingly, I was walking yesterday. I, I took a walk with Pam, and we went around this lake, and there was this guy fishing. And I stopped to talk to him for a second to see if he had caught anything. And he said... Well, see the fish, it's right there, and it's uh, it's spawning on this rock, 
and I can catch it if I want, but I'm just going to let it spawn. And, and I was going, I don't see anything but bleak water. And, <laughs> and he what? was like, it's, it's right there. Just look where this is. And, and then he takes off his sunglasses, which had this UV thing special. And he said, now look there. And, and I saw the fish. I mean, so right. it, it was as simple as your, your analogy was great with fishing because it is, this is something that can be learned and, and we've, we're just never taught. We're never taught on how to control our mind. That's right. That's right. And, and I supply tools. I have techniques and methods that are part of the course. So people have the tools. It's not just this romantic notion. Yeah, I think, and, I think, and oh, I, of course yeah, I think we you're, the, you're the guy, you're giving the sunglasses out. You're, the person is standing there looking at the yes. water, not seeing anything, and you're giving them sunglasses to see it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. And some people, some people have a harder time with it than others in the beginning, only in the beginning. And that's why at the Marriage Foundation, we have counselors. And people, whether they're taking the course or not, they'll write in and the counselor will give them the guidance they need. And there are some people who live in denial and they imagine there's some magic wand that they're missing. No, just just really. They go, really, just tell me what I'm missing. Just tell me what tell I'm me missing. Tell me what to say. <laughs> yeah, as if it's one thing. As if it's just one thing. But it's marriage is complex. You have to learn about yourself. Because if you're a woman, your biology is creating a certain kind of you. If you're a man, your biology is training your mind in a certain way. You have to understand how that works, how your mind operates, how your spouse's mind operates. You have to learn this. That's why it's the first thing in our course. And then, then, only then, I teach you how to communicate more effectively, what not to say, and why. I explain it in detail. Don't be critical of your spouse ever. Well, but what if? Oh, there go the what if birds. What if? What if? I go, no, it just doesn't matter. If you're being critical in that moment... You're putting negativity into your marriage instead of positivity. It's really that simple. We live in a binary world. You're either doing something positive or negative. There is no neutral. So if you want love and happiness, all of your actions, everything that you say, everything that you do, should contribute to happiness and contribute to love. It just makes sense. And so then you learn how to communicate. Then you learn about the guardrails, the right way to behave, why the wrong way is the wrong way, why the right way is the right way, and so forth. Well, it's, it's, it's pretty and, clear, Paul, that lying is destructive in a relationship, whether, it's, whether you're lying to your children or lying to your spouse, it is destructive. I think the different the difference yes. here is that most anyone else that I would go to if I had a problem with a lying spouse 
is going to tell me to confront them. And, God, and that's no. the, that really is the big difference between what you're telling people to do and what I would expect anybody else to say. Because I would expect that if I went to a, a if I hired a, you know, went to a Western psychologist because, you know, my relationship's in trouble because my spouse is lying to me all the time. They're not going to tell me to work on my own mind. They're not going to, no, 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 no. They're going to say, no, confront them. This is what you say to confront them. This, get it out of your system. You got to put a stop to it and get them to stop doing it and, and focus on them. And you're saying... And it gets even worse, David. It gets even worse. They will start labeling them. They will not just support your subjectivity in the matter, but they'll start labeling your spouse. And they'll make your wife or your husband seem like a bad person to you. And it overwhelms the whole marriage. It just... It's not the right way to go. you know, you could either go up or you go down. You, you. Paul, you know, I was in. I, I'm, I'm not. I have not been in marriage counseling with Pam, my current wife, but my previous wife. Um, we did go through marriage counseling, and and I could tell you that it became just me defending myself, saying, "No, I wasn't lying." And and all we're doing is <laughs> right. is discussing. She said, "You know, you lied about this," and I said, "I didn't lie. I didn't lie. I did. I." And 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 it became clear to me that the that the person that was trying to help us was egging it on. Like, tell me, tell me yes. about what you thought he was lying about, and and let's go into that deeper. Yes. And it was like, all I'm doing is defending myself here for an hour, and I was and I wasn't yeah. lying, and I and wasn't isn't, lying. And isn't it interesting when you take a look at how a Typical, a usual, almost all of the therapists operate. In the beginning, you're you're wondering where is this going to go? It never appears like it's going to go anywhere. And so then you start thinking, well, maybe there's a surprise at the end and they're going to tie it all together and I'm going to learn something. And that never happens. There's never a part of it that and doesn't it never, happen. They don't come back to you and say, no. well, okay, we now know, we've now spent um, the first two sessions about how you grew up and about how you grew up and all the issues that you've had. And now we're going to go into all the things that you have problems with the other one about. And lo- let's take another five right. to 10 sessions on that. But it never gets back to, this is how you fix it. This is how you repair your relationship and get on the right track. It doesn't get, the, it really doesn't get there. And you just go, I've just spent no. all this money for what? All, I, yeah. Literally, I made it worse. Well, it's made worse. It worse. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. And it's worse than just wasting your money because you're going in in order to have a happy marriage. That's what you want. So you're like a drowning person because your marriage is not getting happy. You're asking this professional on the dock while you're thrashing about in the water, sinking, throw me a life preserver, throw me a life preserver, and they throw you a heavy rock. And down you go. 
they fail. They always fail. They are not successful when it comes to saving marriages. And it's so unfortunate. I, I'm going to go ahead. And so, and they don't even realize what they don't know. That's the sad part of the. Whole I, I wanted. I just want to wrap up this session, Paul, with a my little story about this. That I had a a friend whose marriage was in pretty big trouble. His wife had um, moved out. She had uh, moved to another state. It was pretty apparent that she had moved on and possibly with somebody else. And and he really wanted to repair it. And and I'm not suggesting that that's an ideal situation in any way, shape, or form. But I brought him um, I brought him your book, um, Breaking the Cycle. I said, start with this. Sign up on the program with the Marriage Foundation. Watch some of the videos on a, a, you know a topic or two that connects to here. And he did. He worked on he worked on the stuff that you're talking about. He controlled his mind and himself. And then use that when he tried to get back with his wife. And I'm not saying, Mm -hmm. I'm absolutely not saying that I would have gotten back with my wife under the same circumstances, but this is, (laughs) but this is something that he wanted to do. And, and it would have never, he would have never had any chance of, of getting back what he wanted by using regular techniques. He did use the techniques you're talking about with controlling your mind and, and, and working on yourself. And today, you know, we're talking about, I don't know, two, three years later and they're together. They've made, they're making it work and he's happy with it. He's happy to get back. Me, I'm not sure I'd want that, but um, you know, for him, it. it, I just want to say, David, that it usually doesn't take two or three years. I mean, that's no, quite no, no. I'm saying it, I'm not saying it took two or three years for him to get back with her. I'm saying that it's now two or three years later, oh. and they're back. It, no, it oh, worked. Okay. He he got back oh. with her within months. Yeah. Okay. No, no. It didn't okay. take him. It did not Good. take him that long at all. Um, and, and it's now years later, and I talk to him, and it's like, yeah, we're 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 making work. I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, nice. nice. Yeah, but it's it but it, 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 it took well, a different re- approach with him, Paul. It really a regular approach would not have worked. No way. Well, let's let's wrap up this uh, podcast, and let me remind everyone that this is the Marriage Foundation. And you can call in with your questions, and we would be very happy to respond to them. The number is one 527 5863 If it's easier for you, it's one 5555 ask tmf Again, that's one eight five 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 two seven five eight six three. And just to and you could also write in, go to the marriagefoundation.org and go to ask a counselor and send us your question. But I would like to just wrap this up on a more positive note. You know, we've been talking about lying and and uh, you know, it's not easy to control your mind. But it is so worth it because one of the things that's really missing in our society is an understanding that marriage is amazing. 
When you know how to be married, it is well worth the investment of your time, energy, and maybe some of your money. But the reward is a happiness that doesn't quit. Experiencing love, which is something you cannot experience in the rest of the world because the rest of the world is out to get you. And you will be so happy if you take this advice and really go for it with your marriage. And David, any last words? I agree with that. I agree with that statement wholeheartedly that if you do find it and you do have it in your life, it is an amazing feeling. Yes, and it's doable, doable. by It everyone. is doable. I, I wasn't doable. sure that it was throughout most of my life. It is absolutely doable, and it is incredible when you have it. Yes. So with that, thank you, folks, for tuning in. And I hope you become a regular, and we hope to become regular part of your lives. God bless, and take care. Take care, David. <laughs>